Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Yo! What the Hell? Uh, this is the finale, one would say, of uh, me doing homework and subjecting you to it. Uh, I'm again Bravo, uh, as always, and joined by Mr. Toasty Producer himself. It's just he and I. And uh, yeah. Same deal. We're going to do some book takeaways and some reading takeaways that you don't have access to. Uh, but I will post my sources in the description. So if you want, you can read those. It's cool. Anyway, uh, the book is The Tyranny of Merit. Uh, the full title is uh, the Tyranny of Merit, What's Become of the Common Good, and the author is Michael J. Sandel. Uh, it's a cool book. And then, uh, so my takeaways are going to be uh, meritocracy as a whole, the idea of it, because um, that's the main tenet of the book. Uh, then I'm going to talk about religious merit and the prosperity doctrine. Uh, and then for the canvas takeaways, I will talk about conscious capitalism and the idea of the American dream. So, without further ado, let's get into it. This is going to be the first one from the Tyranny of Merit. And it's, again, meritocracy as a whole. So meritocracy, on a surface level, it's a good idea. It embodies the bootstraps mentality of if you work hard and play by the rules, you can get ahead. Well, we know that's just not the case. You can do everything right and still get shafted when the chips are down. Let's take a look at the Merriam-Webster definition of meritocracy. It is a system, organization, or society in which people are chosen and, and moved into positions of success, power, and influence on the basis of their demonstrated skills and merit. This is, on face value, good thing. You know, have the people who rightfully deserve the jobs get them i mean that 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 makes sense uh you know as mentioned that's that's just not the case uh and i think the best example of the tyranny of merit is shown in the song the ballad of hollis brown by bob dylan this song tells the story of hollis brown a man who can't find work to support his wife and five kids uh, the song does a very good job of showing that you can be you know a good person and still not have a leg to stand up on when you absolutely need one. And it obviously, I mean, it ends in tragedy. He ends up killing himself and his, you know, wife and kids. Uh, that's the main ending point of the song. Um, and then the cycle just repeats itself with seven more people born. And uh, I think that just does a good job of just showing, as, as I mentioned, that, you know, you can do everything right, quote unquote, and uh, still not get, you know, what you feel like you deserve. And uh, there are always going to be people who have a leg up who may not have earned it. That's just life, it would seem. This obviously doesn't need to be the case. Uh, we have been fed the line that, you know, we can make it if we work hard and play by the rules. Uh, that's obviously so far from the truth. Uh, the system is built to reward those who have the connections, and those are generally straight white men. Uh, there's a reason the saying is, it's not what you know, but who you know. So that is the first one. And now we're going to talk about religious merit and the prosperity doctrine. Let me. All right. Religious merit and the prosperity doctrine. 
there's there is something really ghoulish about the ties between Christianity and the idea of merit and being ordained to have the luxuries of life. Uh, it's a purely selfish line of thinking. It's also extremely exclusionary and dangerous as it can lead to a Christian theocracy. Uh, as Michael J. Sandel states in his book, this meritocratic way of thinking gives rise to harsh attitudes towards those who have suffered misfortune. Uh, this proves that you can be seen as less deserving of rights and other things if you weren't as pious or devout as your neighbor, who goes to church three times a week and seems to be well off. Uh, if we look at Joel Olstein, for example, his whole grift is that if you donate to him, God will look favorably on you for just that, giving him money, uh, paying no mind you know, to the affair that you are having or the abuse that you levy on those that you see beneath you. Just pay a tithing and all will be forgiven. There is a path to salvation by buying it. Uh, not through the aspect of living a good life and being a good person. If you live a, quote, bad life, uh, it's fine. God won't care as long as you've kept someone else in riches. Uh, the idea that you deserve all the good things in life because you are devout is very disingenuous. Uh, isn't that the American dream, though? Achieving wealth and prosperity and whoever gets in your way just... Damn them. All right. Now we're going on to conscious capitalism. Hooray. So conscious capitalism. Uh, I think there are some benefits to the idea of conscious capitalism, but at the same time, it's still capitalism. Uh, there's going to be exploitation of the workers at the hands of the owners to make more of a profit. That's just how it is. Uh it is hard for me to not look at it as a ploy almost to give excuses for taking advantage. Like, oh, sorry to have to have you work overtime again, Frank, but did you see the video games we have in the break room? Uh, all that cynicism aside, I think the benefits are good. Being cognizant of your impact on the bigger scale of the world is obviously a good thing. There's no denying that. But look in the case of Nike, for example. Uh, they're still exploiting low, lower wage laborers to make their goods, while on the surface touting all the good things that they do as a means to stave off attention you know, to the fact that they've been using child labor. And to be fair, they have done some semblance of trying to fix the issue, but the stain is still there. Uh, I do admire some of the things that Zappos uh, is doing. Uh, this was from the reading. Uh, finding people to fill the niche areas that need to be filled, it's a net positive. Sometimes people need to have, you know, that extra push to get them over the edge uh, where it comes to finding that cure for cancer. Uh, but to me, it also kind of seems like the owner is being a collector of sorts, just collecting zany and wild things that seem to spark his interest. And there really isn't anything inherently wrong with that. Uh, I just think, you know, in a hopefully post-pandemic world, people will realize that there are more important things in life other than collecting shiny things. Uh, we aren't just ravens or crows, you know. They're smart, those birds. So lastly, uh, I want to talk about the idea of the American dream. I think the American dream, it's officially dead, or at least it's been zombified. Uh, the ongoing pandemic has done a good job of highlighting the inequalities in the world uh, that we had become so accustomed to. I mean, we have a massive amount of student loan debt, and using myself for an example here, because narcissism, uh, I, I'm currently 20K in the hole uh, after interest for just this one semester. Uh, and I still have at least three more to go to finish undergrad. 
And to be fair, I did bring this upon myself. I didn't apply for any scholarships. I didn't have to take out the full loan amount to, you know, pay my rent instead of finding another job. Uh, and, and we've just been saddled with this debt, and it just makes it even hard to get ahead financially uh, with a better paying job, theoretically, just because we have a degree. Uh, I think that having the deck stacked against our generation and the ones after us will kill the American dream. Uh, I'm sure that many of my fellow classmates uh, and others would feel the same way. Uh, it certainly feels like the ideal American dream is dead for us. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind just going off in the mountains to live as a hermit. Uh, I think, you know, it's a bit of the pandemic talking, uh, but there have been changes that I've definitely brought. Uh, the idea of having a perfect life is achievable for some, I'm sure, but it does seem a bit of a pipe dream. And, uh, yeah, that is it. Nice, short, and sweet, to the point. Uh, as always, I would like to thank our logo done by Singe Wavern. He's a good dude. Uh, thank you to Toasty Producer for sitting in and babysitting. Always a pleasure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I have been Bravo and Viacondios.